G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. It was the Wednesday night before I was due to head out, and she had this, I guess, seizure to end all seizures. It was, oh, it was horrific. It was just, and like I'm this young preacher about to head out the next day to go and preach on healing, and she must have been, oh, probably seven or eight, I think, around that time. And as a parent who would just do anything for your child, you just, you just shattered. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have part two of our conversation with Gary Blackford, who's the author of the books The Foglifter and Winning Between the Ears, which are largely about his journey through mental illness. As we heard last time, Gary struggled with a low self-image that contributed to his depression and mental illness in his young adult years. However, the mental fog began to lift in his life after he became a Christian, but he still never shook the low view he had of himself. That was until years later, when he had a profound encounter with God that we'll hear about today. Once again, Gary Blackford is having a chat with Eric Scatterbo from his home in Gladstone, Queensland. So for you, a lot of things happened when you became a Christian. You obviously had your sins forgiven, but also you mentioned that you had a physical pain stopped, so you were healed, physically healed. And then you began the process of spiritually and emotionally healing. Yeah, yeah. All of that happened yeah. to you, is that right? Yeah, and that the, you know, the thoughts and the creating new habits and doing all this sort of stuff, and and um, th- these are the things that take time. You know, this, these are things that, that are a process, and they're the things that, that um, you know, I would have loved it. I actually would have loved it where if, I could, if I just prayed a prayer and it fixed my, my self-image. Mm-hmm. I would have, that would have just been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, just download a new one would be great, but it doesn't happen that way. Yeah. But, and that's actually good because it's the journey mm-hmm. and the experiences that you go through to find who you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. That uh, for some it's probably easier. For some, it, you know, who haven't, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, my wife Robin grew up. You know, she was going to church for nine months before she was born. You know, well, she, let, let's let's get to you know, how you met your wife uh, before you tell that story. That was kind of the next thing that happened in your life. Is that right? Meeting oh, look, Robin. Yes, yes. yeah. I'm, yeah, Robin is the. I call her the greatest, the, the coup of the century. Getting her to marry me. Um, mm-hmm. How would I define Robin? She's a lady that lives with incredible peace in her life, mm-hmm. and um, I think she's known that from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, she had no idea this. The, the, I guess the the emotionally and mentally broken state I was still in, even as a Christ follower, mm-hmm. uh, when she married me. But her her influence. I first met her. I mean, she will she gives me heaps about it because apparently on the night I became a Christian, uh, I because we're at a youth camp mm-hmm. at a beach. Apparently, I piggybacked her down. I was just you know I was that excited. I was just hugging everyone inside, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, but I have got zero memory of it. I do not remember it. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah. So she, yeah. So she gives me heaps about that, anyway. and she, but, as she um, should. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. You don't even remember so, meeting uh, your wife. 
Uh, well, I know. I remember meeting her. I met her probably a couple of weeks before that. Oh, okay. Um, at a, a barbecue thing, so mm-hmm. I remember meeting her. Well, but, but it's all uh, forgiven, so we'll we'll move on. <laughs> well, yes, yes, yes. She still loves me. We've clocked up thirty-one years now, so um, I think we're doing all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think so. So, how did you finally start a relationship and then marry? We became incredible friends. Mm-hmm. We actually we went to the same youth group. Mm-hmm. We just became not 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 romantic friends, just just really great friends. Um, mm-hmm. And then one day she went away. Uh, I think she went to. A, she was a bridesmaid for a wedding in Brisbane or something, and we're like, I was like, man, I don't think I can live without her. And she was thinking the same thing, so eventually it all happened quite quickly when she got back. So I proposed, she said yes. And you've been together for over 30 years. Yeah. That's fantastic. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then yep. you had four daughters. Wow, four daughters. Yep, yes, we have four daughters, and um, I have a few titles, but pretty much my favourites are husband and, and dad. And um, and these four girls, which are, they're grown now, they're incredible. So, yeah, we're very, very blessed. Uh, and we've had some, I, pro- I should probably learn more about God as being a dad than I, than I learned in, in any other way through some, uh, through some pretty challenging situations as well. I think I've learned more about living in a place of, of just pure peace and, and joy in Christ by being around Robin. I think she's, she exudes that. So, yeah. so, and that was probably exactly what you needed at that point in your life. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we, we had these situations, especially in, my, in our early years of marriage, where the reality is I was still heading towards a dark place. Mm-hmm. Mentally and emotionally, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to tell him. See, I, I never. You understand the story of where I was, and and the mental illness and all and the brokenness. Mm-hmm. I I did not tell that story to anyone, like even as a Christian. Mm-hmm. I I was like, nobody wants to hear what a disaster I was, and they certainly don't want to hear the stuff I still battled with. So I, I didn't I didn't actually tell anyone. I, I mm. it was years after being a Christian when I actually started to tell my story and when I started to tell my story things would happen like this Eric though I know I'm slightly changing subjects but I'd be I'd go and speak somewhere talk about it and people who who would strange things would say I've never been here before I, I don't even know why I'm here but you've just told my story hmm. and I'm like no I just told my story and they're like you know I just told my story hmm. uh, and I realized that it was like this unfolding realization that that what I thought I was the only one who would walk through Mm-hmm. There were thousands of people walking through, mm. and out of that came the books and I guess what I what I do in speaking into brokenness uh, with with hope and healing. So, yeah. But Robin was back to Robin. She was just perfect for that time because mm. I would go. I would be heading in a direction, and she actually didn't know how how far I could go, um, as in, in and just depression and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she would just start to say, you know, she would know that there was something not right and she just what's up, what's up, and I'd go, nothing, nothing, classic bloke answer. And eventually she'd uh, she'd, <laughs> she'd wear me down uh, mm. and we'd just start to talk and we'd just start to walk through these things and um, and it's a profound impact, yeah, mm. like uh, just being a person that, that you could, you can actually share the deeper stuff. And then after a while, you know, we grew a little bit more in it, we're like, and I'd know I was going in a direction. I'd be going, I'd, and I'd just say to to Rob because we were living. Remember, we I mean, well, remember you don't know, but we were living pretty busy lives for God. Like we, I was working full time, family of four, uh, well, family of six, uh, 
ministry three meetings a week. Uh, we were going flat out for the kingdom of God. You know, so so it was it was an incredibly busy, crazy time mm-hmm. in our lives. Yeah, and at what point did you become a pastor and go into full time ministry? Well, that, again, that well, I was I, I started youth when we lived in Ballarat, but I was working full time. Most most of my ministry positions have been bivocational, except over recent years. Mm-hmm. So I had a carpet cleaning business while I did ministry. I worked for a sales company while I did ministry. There was. And the churches where we like we planted in Campbelltown, so most of them did not have the funds to be funding someone, uh, an actual pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I like I do three days a week and things like that. So, uh, it, there was oh, a, mm-hmm. it's been an unfolding thing, which has been different in many locations. You're listening to the story. Today, Eric Scadabo is once again chatting with Gary Blackford, who's the author of the books The Foglifter and Winning Between the Ears, which are largely about his journey through depression and mental illness. Gary's been sharing with us how he struggled with a low self-image his whole life, and it wasn't until years after he became a Christian that God revealed to him how valuable he is in a profound way. We'll find out what happened when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're back with more of Eric Scadabo chatting with author and preacher Gary Blackford, who's sharing his life journey. As we've been hearing, Gary struggled with mental illness and depression in his young adult years, and even after he became a Christian, he still never really shook his low view of himself. That was until he had a profound encounter with God, which is related to his role as a father. So now you and your wife were blessed with four daughters, yeah. which of course brings much joy into your lives, but there have been some challenges as well. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. More, more in, the, in the health side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, one in particular, one of my daughters, I'm overjoyed by who she is now. Mm-hmm. Um, she's this incredible young lady that just, you know, um, is amazing. And, uh, but it was, yeah, it was pretty hard. Like she was having seizures from the age of about two, mm-hmm. uh, and serious seizures—not not little things. And um, yeah, at one point we actually thought we were going to lose her, mm. but thankfully we didn't. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and uh, and it was just like an incredible journey. I think personally, for me, the journey with her. Um, changed my life and probably was probably the most instrumental thing in finding my identity in Christ. Mm. It was, How so? Well, it was through through nursing her um, that I think I saw God's heart probably for the first time. Um, and, uh, yeah, probably the incident, well, the incident that, that really nailed it, I guess, the... Um, sealed this understanding that I would say it's changed my life. If I, if I could nail an incident that has probably changed my identity more than anything, mm-hmm. um, it was in a driveway. 
a dirt driveway of a country road out um, probably 20 minutes out of Cowra in New South Wales. Mm -hmm. Now, I was heading from Sydney, from Campbelltown, where we're planning a church, Mm -hmm. and I was heading out on a Thursday to go and speak, and I was going to speak on healing, which is... um, Always a fascinating thing, and, um, and and I've actually been a subject of incredible healing, and I've prayed for people, and they've been healed, and, and like different things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. I've also prayed for some, and they've gone home to be with the Lord, but it's, uh, it's I guess that's the ultimate healing. But I was, uh, it was the Wednesday night before I was due to head out there, and, and she had this, I guess, seizure to end all seizures. It was, mm. um, oh, it was horrific, Eric. It was mm. just, and like I'm this young preacher about to head out the next day to go and preach on healing, mm-hmm. and she must have been, or oh, probably seven or eight, I think, around that time, and uh, and it was, oh, it was just horrible. It must have been a very helpless feeling. Oh, it's I've never felt so helpless in my life. Mm. Like just, yeah, you just, you just, you just like you, you are praying, you are believing, and. And and it's just it just goes on and on and on and mm. just gets worse and it's yeah. just like it's just like there's a whole sort of yeah as a parent and as a parent who would just do anything for your child you just yeah. yeah. you just shattered mm-hmm. you got no idea you just like you just like you just it's as if it's like you're at the end of yourself and it's like you cannot do a single thing mm. um, and you do you are just feel incredibly useless and, and I and I and we did over and over and over again. But that night in particular was horrific. Mm-hmm. Um but I got up the next morning and um and she was fine the next morning and, and uh well sort of fine and, and I headed off uh and, and I'm 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 fighting with God, you've got to understand I'm like yeah. <laughs> we're having this serious conversation, right? So I'm like and we're talking it's about a four hour drive and I'm like I am. I'm broken. Mm-hmm. I'm a dad. I'm broken. I'm a. I'm a preacher. I'm, I'm believing for God's greatness, and and I'm just and I'm just shattered. It's just the dad. I'm just. I'm just like totally pouring my heart out, and you know, argue. I can't even remember if I was angry or arguing, but it was just. It was a. It was just one of those trips, mm-hmm. and about twenty minutes out of Cowra. So, don't know why he waited three hours and forty minutes. Um, but about 20 minutes out of Cowra, uh, I, I heard distinctly this question, which was, you know how much you loved your daughter last night? And I'm like, well, God, of course. You know, like like everything inside me just, everything inside me just wanted to, to love on her. Hmm. And then these words came crystal clear, which were, I love you even more. And wow. that just broke me. Mm. That just, I couldn't drive. I had to pull over. I, I was sort of like, I'm sort of like in this car, right? Mm. And I'm like, I'm just, and there's just tears, there's bucket loads of tears. I'm like, I'm like, God, you said you're not going to flood the earth again, but this is getting close. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I'm like, tears just gushing out. I'm opening the door to let all the water out, you know, that sort of thing. I'm just, I'm absolutely just broken, hmm. but it was a defining moment. Like it, it yeah. just—it was so defining. It's hard for me to to say in words how defining it was. 
But from that moment on, from that very moment in that place, that I just I knew that God loved me more than I thought ever possible. Hmm. And and uh, and that's you know that's what he that is what he does for all of us. And I'm yeah. just like it changed my life. I just my identity became no longer just me trying to be something. My identity uh, shifted to knowing that that no matter what, no matter what, no matter what happens in life, uh, I am loved by a God. I'm sound a little bit preachy here. It's okay. I'm a preacher. You've got to understand that. But I just understood. Preach it, brother. Uh, <laughs> and it just so profoundly impacted me that I would say, year, like probably uh, maybe 15, 20 years, whatever it is, from that time on, that moment is still so mm. powerful to me because it was, I think it was just like this titanic shift yeah. in my mind and in my heart. But what a profound way of driving home to you, somebody who struggled with your identity and insecurity your whole life, but what a profound way of communicating to you through that painful experience. Yeah, yeah. you love your daughter, but I love you even more than that. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. going to get right down into your guts. I mean, how much she loves you. <laughs> You're not going to forget that anytime soon. Well, yeah, and nor do I want to go through it again. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, you know, it's like, what do you do with that? It mm. changed my life. And, yeah. um, How's she doing now? She's doing very well. She's doing very well. She's, um, uh, yeah, no, no, no illnesses at all. She's oh, uh, completely well and loving Jesus, and mm. and probably the most compassionate person I've, I've apart from mm. Robin, probably the most compassionate person. One of the most compassionate people I know, and I think that compassion was drawn out of her mm. um, her sickness that she walked through for so long. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And there's and, and like I, I look at it as a down. Like, well, why did it have to go there? Why did all this have to happen? Why why was there such a length of time between when she was prayed for, when she like all this sort of stuff? Hmm. There's so much I don't have answers for, and there's and there's actually no there's no um, you know why did the guy who was blind in scriptures have to be blind for more than 40 years, you know, mm, it's like, yeah. and this is all to the glory of God. There's stuff that you don't have the answers for, but you can just see an incredibly mm. loving God in the midst of uh, humanity. Yeah. Mm. Whew, Amen. I can breathe now. I, <laughs> I, I, I knew I was going to get emotional on that one. So oh, no worries. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> However, I should say we are running out of time and we do want to get to that you were part of planting a church, and that shaped you even more. This was all happening at that same time. Mm -hmm. So this oh, was all, like we were in Campbelltown mm -hmm. at that time. We were, yeah, so this was, a lot of this was happening at that time. Mm, okay. Um, and it was a, it was a, a very challenging nine years of my, of my life. Uh, my kids have got great memories of it, but it defined me as a person and as a leader. I, I learned I was more prideful than I thought I was. Mm. Um, when God had to strip some stuff off me, and uh, you know, I, I I learned I was more judgmental than I thought I was, mm. uh, and and it was challenged. You know, we, we like in lo on lots of things. Um, you know, we we were dealing with a lot of people who were like fourth generation, never worked. Mm. Uh, so you had people who were who thought that their government payments were their their right, mm. uh, and then they would blow it on alcohol and not feed their kids and i found you know so so i was and there's a whole journey where god led me to 
to hear some of their stories that that I that I just had these moments where I heard their stories and went, Gary, if you had to go through that, hmm. you know, whether it was abuse or 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 you know fatherlessness or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you might even be worse. So God actually broke a lot of stuff off me, and I, I guess hmm. I, I, if I look back at Campbelltown, I say I learnt the essence of of the message of Christ, which is that every single soul, every single person, no matter what they've been through or even where they are now, um, is valued by God. Mm. Um, It should be treated with honor Mm. just simply because of that fact. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, some more of God shaping you and helping you grow. And finally, we want to talk about how you took the big step of sharing your story. This part that you wanted to kind of hide away and not tell anybody, you actually came (laughs) out and made it public in a book. Tell yeah, us about that. Yes. Yeah, I wrote a book called um, Life Beyond Mental Illness. Um, that was the first book. I, I, I self-published it. Uh, and that started to get some traction. I started to talk about things uh, around mental emotion recovery and mm-hmm. things like that. And um, and God started to show up and do some, I, I mentioned a couple of things before, do some incredible things. And uh, out of that, publishers got a hold of that book and turned that into the what is now the Fog Lifter. Mm-hmm. So that's the result of that of them making it even better, which was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that tells my story of where I've come from. There's a whole, you know, there's lots of stuff that you can't go into in this, mm-hmm. but but the it shows people no matter how black it is, there is hope. Mm-hmm. And then I give nine steps towards recovery, um, which are some some are easy, some are difficult. Depends on our own. We're all on our own journeys, mm-hmm. and for some yeah. areas of forgiveness are, are massive that will hinder us forever until we learn how to um how to walk that journey of recovery for some it's identity whatever so uh and then there's and then basically i a number of a few years ago i wrote this book called winning between the years because uh, i've learned a lot more about how the brain works and neuroscience and how god transforms our minds. Mm-hmm. stuck it all in a book that uh is even illustrated and and it's purposely designed for people to who don't who don't actually read books mm-hmm. to engage with, and uh, it can help them walk mm-hmm. through some dark stuff towards um, towards recovery. Actually, actually, it'll help everyone learn mm-hmm. to think better. So, wow! Oh uh, yeah, and I've so I told the story now, and uh, and it's like yeah, you know what? Uh, it's it's a, it's a story. It's a story of God's grace. Mm-hmm. It, it's a it's actually a story of God's profound grace on someone's life that mm-hmm. he that he would love me how I was. Um, Still, honestly, Eric, mm-hmm. still still messes with my mind, but delights my heart. Mm. Well, Gary Blackford, thank you so much for sharing that wonderful, amazing story with us today. Oh, that's a pleasure. Thanks for making me cry, Eric. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I didn't want to, but uh, I'm so glad that you were able to share. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on. I hope that what I've said has had a, an impact and an influence for... Um, to help people. Yeah. Well, I should good. say this is the second time I've heard your story and it impacts me every time. So thank you so much once again for impacting my life. Pleasure. Well, that was the conclusion of our two-part conversation with Gary Blackford, who's the author of the books The Fog Lifter and Winning Between the Ears, which are largely about his journey through depression and mental illness. For more information about Gary's journey from darkness to light and about his books, his website is garyblackford.com. That's garyblackford, 
Com. And finally, I want to end today by emphasising what Gary said at the end of the interview that I think many of us can relate to. Gary said that God would love me despite how I was, still messes with my mind, but delights my heart. And that reminds me of the lines from the classic hymn by Charles Wesley, Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Certainly God's amazing, unconditional love for us, despite our wrongdoings, messes with our minds. But as Gary said, it also delights our hearts. Well, thanks for joining us for Gary Blackford's insightful story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 